My Mac Podcast number 28. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. Intel, in conjunction with a PC manufacturer, has released a Mac Mini lookalike. The machine is dubbed Pandora and uses the Pentium M processor. Several members of the Mac web are aghast at the blatant copying of Apple's industrial design. Not Mac News has learned that the Pandora is not meant to steal Mac Mini sales. Rather, highly placed sources have told Not Mac News the Pandora is strictly for use by corporate officers. The officers were very impressed with the Mac Mini styling, but chagrined to find out that it would not run pirated copies of Microsoft Office from work. Not Mac News has learned that the next generation of iPods will sport a plethora of new features. In addition to Tetris, video, and satellite support, the new iPods will offer several enhancements for listening to podcasts. All this functionality comes at a price. The new iPods will no longer play music. That's not Mac News number 13. I'm Chris Siebel. And thanks for uh, to Chris Siebold for Not Mac News. We uh, decided to uh, put him right up at the front instead of later in the podcast. I am Tim Robertson. And I'm Chad Perry. And uh, this edition of My Mac Podcast is brought to you by SmallDog.com. For any of your Mac needs, go to SmallDog.com. Hi, Chad. Hello, Tim. <laughs> you know, uh, there's times that I, I don't want these podcasts to become tedious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to change things up occasionally. And not get too formulaic? Yeah, pretty much. And and as such, I thought this show will basically be about, after we do the news and stuff, getting to know your hosts. So our focus segment is going to focus on us then? Yeah, we're going to focus on ourselves. Just talking and maybe telling some funny stories and that sort of thing. I didn't really prepare much about it, and then obviously you didn't because I just told you about five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> So, uh, but you know, it's, if all you do is the same old thing over and over and over, it gets repetitive. Yep. So why bother listening? If you heard one, you heard them all. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to hear the news, then you can jump on the internet and read it the day it happens rather than, you know, the top whatever stories that we read a week later. Mm -hmm. So, um, as such, I thought it would be a really good idea, and Chad didn't know anything about this, I'm going to prank call Chris Siebel right now. Say a command. Name dial. Say the name. Chris Siebold. Chris Siebold calling. <laughs> I don't know how good the mics are going to pick this up. And his wife might answer. She'll be pissed yeah. if she knows that we used her, but that's okay. Did she sign a release? No. Well, well, they might not be there. Hello? Hi, is Chris there? Hi, Chris. Is your Macintosh running? Yes, it is. Uh, okay, would you please stop it from running down the street? It keeps getting into traffic and bothering people. 
Okay, you have a nice day. What's going on, man? Uh, we're recording the podcast right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. That, that means you're being recorded right now. No, not a chance. Why, why are you recording over the phone? Uh, I don't know. Why not? That yeah, works for me. This is going to be quality radio. <laughs> High quality. Yes. The, the little cell phone speaker. Being held right in front of the mics, which will probably sound like crap, but that's okay. And quality, quality verbiage and quality recording methods adds up to quality podcasting. There you go. <laughs> Bye, Chris. Bye. Okay. Then there was that. Well, a little crank call. Crank phone call to Chris. Thank yeah. you, Chris. I, I have no idea how that sounds. Let's stop the recording and go back and listen to that. I want right. to see how what the quality is like, so hold on one second. Yeah, that, that was pretty crappy quality. Yeah, so if you're thinking about emailing us about how crappy the sound from Chris sounded on this podcast... We know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little Motorola cell phone with that polyphonic speaker, and everything sounds very robotic on there. Even more so, I think, recorded right then than it really sounds in, yeah. in quote-unquote, real life. Anyways, we were talking about... Um, Last week, before we recorded last week's podcast, at the podcast before that, podcast 26, you could actually hear the birds chirping mm-hmm. in the background. And uh, I was talking about to Chad that uh, I know at least one of our listeners rides the London Tube to work and listens to our show. And I thought, wouldn't it be kind of strange to be sitting there in the London Tube? And I'm sure it's not some dark, you know, scary place. I'm sure it's, you know, it's like probably, yeah, it's very nice. I'm sure probably nicer than half the ones in the United yeah. States, really. That wouldn't surprise me a bit. But to be sitting in the London tube listening to birds chirping as two guys are talking, that, that would just be kind of surreal, I think. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I listen to the podcast at work usually the next day or the day after. And Car coming. Ooh. See, we have the windows open in the recording studio today, which is... Uh, bad form, we know, but it's hot. And yeah. when we close the windows, it gets very stuffy and warm in here. So we thought, you know what? Maybe it doesn't sound the best with the windows open, but what the heck. You get that all natural sort of feel. Absolutely. Uh, this week, uh, for podcast number 28, we're actually returning to our contest. We're going to have another contest this week. Excellent. And uh, we'll get into more about that later. Uh, after the news and after a commercial break. I was going to say after Not Mac News, but <laughs> we already did that. Yeah. We've had two segments now with Chris. <laughs> one, he sounded good, and one, he sounded like crap on the cell phone. Yeah. I keep sitting here thinking, who should we prank next? I'm <laughs> 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 stupid. Um, you know what would be kind of fun to do? Call Best Buy and see how long it takes before we actually get somebody. Ah, not this podcast. No. It'll burn up too much time. Maybe, well, we could do it some other podcast. Sure. Okay. Let's get to the news. Uh, as we talked about last week, we get all of our news that we read from MacMinute.com. For any of your Macintosh news needs, make sure you check out MacMinute.com and uh, scan the headlines and find out what's going on in the Mac world. So, what's at the top of the uh, news today? All right, this is posted on May. Oh, look at someone's calling me. It's David Avery. David Avery's calling from MyMac.com. Hello? Hey, you called back? Uh, yeah, I called back on a smoke break. Ah, so <laughs> are you back to recording? Yeah, I'm fa- in fact, uh, 
Hold on, there's a car going by. It's really annoying leaving those windows open, but yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, we're recording right now. Okay, I'll let you go. Okay. All right, take it easy. Bye. <laughs> and that was David Every. Thanks, Dave, for calling in. <laughs> it's like a live show now, isn't it? Almost. We have people calling in. We call guests. They call us. This is great. Uh, let's see. Okay, this was back to the news from MacMinute.com here on the MyMac.com web or, uh, podcast. Apple posts QuickTime 7.0.1. Apple, on May 31st, released QuickTime 701 via the software update under macOS X. Apple says QuickTime 701 provides several important bug fixes, a security enhancement, and improved compatibility with Final Cut Pro Studio. This update is recommended for all QuickTime 7 users. And I can say I actually did the update, and I have QuickTime 7 Pro. Mm -hmm. I know you do, too. We both yep. paid for it. Um, and it, I didn't see any decrease in functionality it didn't crash or anything so go ahead and upgrade it if you're waiting to find out if there's any you know serious side effects i haven't read about any and i didn't find any myself so yeah there you go what do you got chad oh well we've got one about citrix go to my pc may go to macintosh citrix systems has renounced that uh has announced has announced okay. that the go to my pc remote pc access software division is considering developing a mac version of the software Go to My PC currently enables users to gain remote access to Windows PCs. It enables the user to access their remote PC as if they were sitting in front of it, including the ability to run applications hosted on the remote PC and transfer files between the remote PC and the client they happen to be sitting in front of. That client can already include not only Windows PCs, but m most desktops that support a browser, including Macs and Linux desktops, Pocket PC, mobile clients, and more. That's Sorry, uh, it, it's a... It's a I've heard nothing but good things from Windows users when it go when it comes to go to my PC, mm -hmm. and and I'm sure it's I'm personally going to check it out if they do come out come out with a version for Mac. Mm -hmm. But we already have a program very similar. It's called Timbuktu Pro. Yep. Um, in fact, after let's see, we're going to post this podcast on Thursday, mm -hmm. June second. Yep. And on June 3rd, Friday, we're actually going to be posting a review of Timbuktu Pro 8 from David Weeks. So we'll see what David has to say about Timbuktu. I use it all the time. Yep. We actually install it on your computer, so if you have problems, I can actually dial in mm -hmm. from my house to your house because, you know, I'm too lazy to walk three blocks. Right. And uh, work on it that way. But it, it actually does a really good job, Timbuktu does. Um, I've got a few relatives who have Macintosh computers now. Mm-hmm. And they all have Timbuktu on their machines. So I can literally dial into both of their computers as well. They're all on broadband, same as you and I. Right. And and I, neither one of the, my relatives, my Aunt Dar and my Uncle Robert, are really, really computer literate. Aunt Dar more so than Uncle Robert. Mm -hmm. So when they have problems that I, I know is for a fact that it's software related, I don't have to mess with the machine at all mm -hmm. other than software. I just dial in through Timbuktu and boom, mm -hmm. good to go. It, it's really cool. So if you're looking for a solution to access your machine, say if you're at work and you want to access your machine at home for whatever reason, uh, take a look at Timbuktu and uh, we'll see what happens when Citrix comes out with Go to My PC. Next up is a is a really amazing story. It was released on May 27th, and of course this one like the rest was found at MacMinute.com, and it says reconfiguring computer chips in development. 
a tantalizing article on Business Week today, today being May 27th, explores the efforts of two Texas researchers, Douglas Berger and Stephen Keckler, to develop a computer chip that can compute a trillion calculations per second. Even more amazing is the fact that the chip can reconfigure itself on the fly. With this technology, a future Macintosh from Apple Computer might rejigger the circuitry on its PowerPC chip and then run software written for Intel's microprocessors, explains the report. Or an iPod music player could turn into a handheld computer, or detect an incoming call and convert itself into a cell phone. IBM, as well as the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, are working closely with the two scientists on the project. That's kind of amazing, I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Not the thing, but that I read that all the way through. But the chip itself, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I think this is just one step closer to getting to the point where, if we're driving down the side side up, uh, if we're driving down the highway, mm-hmm. we will actually see a semi turn into Optimus Prime right in front of us. The Transformers are here. <laughs> That's what this is going to spell. <laughs> they need to stop this research. It's going to be the death of all of us. <laughs> Trust me, people. This is the Matrix brought to life. These people must be stopped, and they must be stopped now. Cyberdyne's supercomputer is about to start pumping out Terminators, people. <laughs> Run for the hills! <laughs> What's the last product? Last but not least, Spec Products introduces iGuy toy for the iPod. The Spec Products today, which was May 26th, announced its latest iPod accessory, the iGuy, a bendable, poseable iPod case. The iGuy features rubberized protection, docking capability, and scratch-resistant screen for the iPod and iPod photo iGuy's white rubberized case features arms that bend and pose and legs that fold and stretch outright to sit on the dock and recharge. The case includes a tough removable screen protector and enables full access to the control, headphone, plug, and hold switch. The iGuy is designed to fit all 4GIG and photo iPods, including 20, 30, 40, and 60GIG models, and retails for about 35 bucks. So it's a little gum- white Gumby-looking thing that you put on your iPod. And... I read this, obviously, at MacMinute.com, mm-hmm. our official news source, um, and that was, by the way, our file news item of the day. Um, but before I actually read it on MacMinute, I got, Spec has a a, uh, a mailing list that they send out to journalists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I get a press release all the time from Spec, mm-hmm. as well as probably a few hundred other companies. And so I read about this via email before it came out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I read it and I thought, what? So I clicked the link and took a look at it. And here's this little white Gumby looking thing that's the Fair iPod enough. is inside <laughs> of it. And uh, and so we were talking about, Chad and I, we announced that we're going to do a contest. And that's what the contest prize is. And I thought it would be fun. Most people will keep this hidden from view. Ooh, shh. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to know how we're getting these things mm-hmm. to give away. Well, I'm going to explain to you exactly uh, why we're giving this away and how it came about. Um, I don't want to give the name, but the, the representative from Spec Products announced the iPod and sent me the email. And uh, my response to them was, this would be the dumbest idea in the world if the thing was not so damn cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little... Rubberized little white gumby. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, for your iPod. How stu- what is that? It's so stupid. But then I went and looked at it and I thought, oh, it's so cute. I want one. So, and and after I looked at it a few times, I thought, you know, I like that. I don't know why. I just like it. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote back and I said, this would be the dumbest idea in the world if the thing was not so damn cute. And I said, idea for you. We do a weekly podcast. Would you like to give a couple away as a contest next week? And uh, she said, yeah. So we're going to give away two of these cute little Gumby... What is this thing called again? The eye guy. Um, <laughs> I just think they're really cute. So mm-hmm. what the heck? Uh, Spec products make some really cool iPod accessories and other products. And... Um, they're a really cool company, so yep. I don't mind giving giving their product away and giving them some free promotions right here on the show. So yep, and we'll have their link posted on the uh, show notes. Show notes, absolutely. So this contest is for the first two people to send in the correct answers to our question, and those two people will get an iGuy shipped to you directly from Spec. And we will get to those questions right after this commercial break. Is there a dinosaur in your life? <laughs> big, slow computer that eats up space? Remember what happened to the dinosaurs? They all got sick with viruses and worms. Dump the dinosaur and get a Mac. The Mac Mini is fast, nimble, no bigger than a lunchbox, and you can go wireless without a phone jack in sight. Macs aren't immune from viruses, but they are much less likely to catch them. Find out why at Small Dog Electronics in Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Are you a podcaster looking for some great pod-safe music to play? Are you a musician looking for a way to get more exposure for your music? Or maybe you are just tired of the same old stuff on the radio and want to listen to some truly original music. Well, head on over to www.podsafeaudio.com and get your groove on to the diverse musical selections that range from jazz to metal to classical to experimental. All of this music is released under the Creative Commons license, so it is entirely Podsafe. You podcasters out there need reasonably licensed music for DJing, mashups, intros, and background music. And the hordes of talented unsigned artists on the web need a popular outlet for their music. Podsafe Audio hopes to bring these two powerful and creative communities together and offer the world a vision of the future. We also do our own Podsafe Audio podcasts with artists from the site promoting their favorite music. So check us out at www.podsafeaudio.com. And we're back. Thanks to Small Dog Electronics for uh, sponsoring us. And let's get on with our contest. This is for to win a... Two people could twin a iGuy from Spec Products. So, uh, Chad and I were talking during the break, like this is live, and we don't pause it and sit here and talk for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did. But we did. And uh, what we came up with is an idea. That you're going to have to search. Obviously, if you're uh, a long-term and long-time reader of MyMac.com, this is going to be fairly simple, but you're going to have to be a very long-time reader to find the answer. And if you're not, you're going to have to go through our archives. If you click on MyMac.com and look for the archive button, you'll find uh, a whole bunch of archives. (laughs) And what you're going to want to do is look for mine, Tim Robertson. The question is, MyMac.com in 1998 almost became named something else. In other words, I was tired of the MyMac.com name, MyMac Magazine at the time, and I wanted to Mm -hmm. change the name. So the question is... What did I almost change it to? So, if you know the answer to that, or if you do a little research on the online and find the answer, send the answer to, in the subject line, put the answer right in the subject line, 
Send the uh, your correct guesses or answer correct guesses. <laughs> kind of Incorrect a, guesses or correct answers yeah. to uh, contest at mymac And if you want to send us uh, email or MP3 file, send it to mymacpodcast at gmail So our focus this week is just shooting the yeah yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what, let's. The audience won't know the difference, but we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back, because basically, Chan and I have to figure out what stories we want to tell. You know what one I could tell? I could tell the one about the bat. Well, let's do it right now, then. We don't need to pause. Okay. Well, we're going to talk uh, a couple different stories. Do you got one that you're going to tell? or I might just tell them what I told you recently about my little traffic incident. Let, let's start with that one. All right. Uh, this is... Actually, kind of funny, and it's happened to all of us, basically. And I'm glad he told us it's funny, because if he didn't tell us that, we wouldn't realize it was funny, and then we wouldn't laugh. <laughs> well, it depends on how I tell it. Nobody may think it's funny, depending on how I tell it. But, essentially, I'm coming back home from work, the usual eight-hour day, and uh, traffic on I-94, which is the main corridor I take back and forth to work, usually tends to get pretty heavy. So, I'm heading back from work, and I'm almost to the, Battle Creek, to the first Battle Creek exit, and I just go around this car, and I'm getting ready to basically get back into the right lane. Mm-hmm. When up from nowhere comes this car, like a bat out of hell, right on my butt. So I figure, well, I'm just going to get clear of this car, and I'm going to basically swoop into the left lane and let her go past me. So as soon as I get past this car, she tries to swoop around and pass me on the right. Ugh, I hate that. So I quick flip on my right turn signal to show that I'm going to get over, and I do get over, and of course, you know, she honks her horn, flies past me, and flips me off. Yeah, because you're actually doing the right thing. You're in the front, someone's fast is coming up behind you, so you're like, all right, I'm going to get over to the right lane so you can get by, but miss, I'm in such a hurry, Yep, is going to try to pass you in the right lane. And then gets mad when I actually do the right thing. So, <laughs> this in turn actually makes me mad, and usually... I'm not a road rage kind of driver, but for some reason, this just hit me all wrong that day. Yeah, I so, know that is all too well. So I quick zip in behind her, and of course, there's a just a knot of like six semi-trucks all trying to pass each other up ahead. Sure. So I know she's not going anywhere. So, you know, I hurry up and get behind her, zoom right up behind her, and I'm thinking, well, this is stupid. What are you going to do now? You can't <laughs> run her off the road. You're not going to flip her off and get any you know impression out of her. So what am I going to do? So I'm thinking... I've got my cell phone with me. I act like I'm calling somebody about this. <laughs> so I pull out my cell phone and I act like I'm dialing. And I'm like gesturing with my finger at her as I'm like got one hand on the wheel and the other on the cell phone like I'm pointing. And she starts to look back at me. So she thinks you're talking to someone about her right. driving on your cell phone. Absolutely. So we come up past the second exit. Of course, it's still just a knot of traffic. I'm right up behind her. She keeps looking back in the rearview mirror at me as I'm talking on the phone. Pretending that you're talking. Pretending that I'm talking on the phone. Pretending. So we get to the rest stop exit, which is just past the second exit in Battle Creek. And lo and behold, who should pull out into this knot of traffic but a state police officer. (laughs) And so as she's looking at this officer trying to merge, I, of course, am like looking at the officer and pointing at her with my cell phone. (laughs) So she suddenly gets this panicked look in her eyes, and I 
sort of gently pull back my speed to allow the police officer to get in between she and I. <laughs> so she's all paranoid at this moment that you yeah, sent yeah, the, the yeah. cops on her for crappy driving. Oh yeah, by this time she's like slunked down into her driver's seat. <laughs> I can barely see her head over the top. And of course I get off at the next exit and the cop is still right on her tail. Yeah, and you probably had a big grin on your face the whole time. Yeah, you know, you always say to yourself, when how come there's never a cop around when I need one? And there was. And there time. was. <laughs> and she thinks that you're the one that called the cops on her. Oh, yeah. Uh, you said it like a bat out of hell earlier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the time, I was, uh, I don't know, this is a number, a number of years ago. It was before we actually met. I was working at this. Th- this is actually two stories. Mm-hmm. But I almost have to tell the first one before I could tell the second. Because the first one explains, mm-hmm. sets up the situation in the second one. Um, we're coming up on 24 minutes, though, and this might take more than 10 minutes. So let's stop this recording real quick, and uh, so we, in case we have to go over, we'll have room. So yep. hold on one second. Let's, you're just going to hear a click, people. All right, sorry about that. Uh, we're using GarageBand, and it only allows you to record up to, like, what, 33? Yeah, 33 minutes. Some, something like that. And uh, just in case we go over, basically, I what we just did is start a new session in GarageBand and recording on here. And what I'll do in post-production is using QuickTime Pro, I'll just merge these two AIF files that GarageBand is creating to make one large one, and then I'll convert that to MP3. Anyway, so you said like a bat out of hell. So yep. my two stories actually kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. Mm-hmm. I was working at this auto parts store, and I was the manager. But it wasn't just an auto parts store. We also had a six-bay car garage you know, where we did mm-hmm. pretty much everything except for heavy engine. I mean, we wouldn't rip apart an engine, but we did brakes. We did shocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and about two weeks before that, I actually had to fire one of our cashiers. She, she was a real nice girl. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. But she was just pretty much incompetent when it came. She, was, she, she almost didn't know how to make change. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that bad. Um, and we also had, oh, geez, I think maybe eight gas pumps there as well. It was mm-hmm. a pretty big place. Mm-hmm. And, and, by the way, the name was Action Auto. They're out of business now, so yeah. what the heck. And so, anyways, um, I had to let her go. Mm-hmm. And she was pretty cool about it uh-huh. when I let her go. And uh, she calls up on a Friday and says, Tim, could I bring my car in uh, for you guys to, to take a look at it? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure it is, no problem, bring it on in. And, and I told her we'd probably give her a break in price since she was an ex-employee. Like I said, it, it, it wasn't a bad firing. In fact, mm-hmm. when I told her, she pretty much knew it was coming because she's pretty incompetent. <laughs> so it's early Saturday morning. One cashier is sitting up front on the little mm-hmm. island. It's kind of up on a pedestal, and she's sitting there waiting for customers to come in. Mm-hmm. But there was no customers in there. I'm at the parts counter in the back of the store with, with a partsman, and we're just shooting the breeze. There's really mm-hmm. nothing to do, and... You can't clean everything all the time. So we're just sitting there. All of a sudden, there's this huge explosion. I mean, it's just like, boom! And it's just, it's amazing. There's dust everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just so violent and so sudden, and it just takes your breath away. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, after hearing all this debris flying everywhere, nobody was hurt, thankfully, Mm -hmm. I hear this engine revving. And there's a car now about three feet away from the cashier stand that drove <laughs> right through the wall. There was this oh big plate gosh. glass window and uh, I, I don't know what you'd call it, the brick part of the building uh-huh. between the front door and the window mm-hmm. is gone. And there's a car sitting there now inside of our store with the <laughs> engine revving. And I'm like, what the hell? 
So I go over there, and it's and it's the girl that I let go. Mm-hmm. And her car's just revving, and I'm looking at her, and she's just white knuckling the steering wheel. Her eyes are huge. I mean, she's just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting there. She's not even responding at first. Mm-hmm. So I reach in, and I turn off her car, and and I said, what are you doing? And she she just kind of looks at me. She goes, well, I came to get my brakes checked out. <laughs> And I said, well, they don't work. <laughs> no, I tell you that story to tell you the next one. And and I actually wrote about this, I think. I, I don't remember if I ever wrote a, a blog entry for the. doesn't matter. Um, what happened is, when that happened, there was a bat, or maybe two, living in the walls of the store. How they survived that long, because they, I figured they probably were in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But there was bats living in there, inside the walls, between mm-hmm. the outer wall and the inner wall. So when she crashed through, one of the bats got into the store. Mm-hmm. So about a week later, and we kept seeing this bat occasionally. It would freak people out. We'd mm-hmm. sit there waiting on a customer, and all of a sudden, the bat would fly by, and we'd go, ah, you know, freak out. So it's about a week later, after all the damage was fixed, everything's back up, running to normal. One of A guy named Mike comes up and says, dude, I see the bat. He's back here. So he, I follow him to the back room, mm-hmm. and up on, it's a very tiny back room, too. Mm-hmm. And from the back room is a door to go outside. Mm-hmm. And that door is actually open. But he points up to the starters and the alternators, the boxes, mm-hmm. up on the very top shelf. And sure enough, there's the bat just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I don't, I don't think he was upside down, but he was just kind of clinging between two boxes. Yeah. And uh, we're like, oh, what, oh, there he is, there he is. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? we got to get rid of him. Um, I don't remember if it was me or Mike who came up with the idea. I think it was Mike. I'm going to say it was Mike. <laughs> we want to kill the bat. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So Mike takes a can of lighter or uh, starter fluid. Mm-hmm. Now this is the stuff. Got to remember this is back in the '80s where most cars still had a carburetor. Mm-hmm. And if you had a hard time getting a car start, you'd spray this carburetor stuff right inside the carburetor, and it'd mm-hmm. help fire it up. So yep. it's, it's very. Uh, flammable? Flammable. <laughs> so he sprays this bat. And it came with this long uh, red, uh, what do you call it, uh, tube-like. Yeah. That, that went on the aerosol can. So you could be far enough away. You don't have to try to stick your like hand right in the carburetor. Like with WD-40. Right, yeah. exactly. So he sprays this bat, and the bat falls down onto the ground. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, well, maybe it killed it. And it stinks really bad of an almost, but not quite gasoline stench. And it's mm-hmm. very fumey. And so we're all looking at the bat, and it's just laying there. We're like, oh, it's dead. But Mike still has the can of the starter fluid. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this bat rears up at us. and goes, <laughs> It's making this horrid noise, and its wings spread out. Mm-hmm. It's not flying, but it's walking toward us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're freaking out. Ah, it's alive! Ah, ah, oh, my God! It's, it's walking towards us. <laughs> so Mike... Being the quick guy that he is, jabs this little tube right into the bat's mouth. Mm-hmm. This little, and he starts spraying. <laughs> so now the bat has this little thing that he's biting down on, mm-hmm. and it's filling him up with starter fluid. <laughs> and we just kill it, kill it, kill it. We're all freaking out, and he stops, and we back up, and the bat's laying there. Mm-hmm. So now we've. We think we've drowned it in the starter fluid. It's mm-hmm. full of the starter fluid that we've just gushed down its mouth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, this is the 80s. We're both very young. Mm-hmm. 
what do you do with a bat that you have to uh, get rid of? Well, normally what you do is you you take a rag or a cloth. No, 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 no. We're young, Chad. We're like (laughs) eighteen. Actually, I think I was seventeen at the time, Mm -hmm. and and Mike was about the same age. Mm -hmm. So we have this bat here laying on the cement floor, full of a a combustible. Mm -hmm. Well, there's only one thing that we have to do, (laughs) and that's to light it on fire. (laughs) I was a great manager, wasn't I? Yeah. (laughs) What a great example. So. I go and I get a book of matches, and I flick a, uh, a match at it, mm-hmm. not really thinking anything's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. A lit match strikes the starter fluid, and it bursts into flames. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the bat really wasn't dead. <laughs> and the flames really got its attention really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So the bat starts flying around the back room, mm-hmm. this little ball of fire, and it's bouncing off the starter boxes, and it stinks really bad, and the bat's on fire. We're going, ah! Oh my God, we're going to burn down the store. We're so stupid. And thankfully, the bat flies out the door. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, no way that just happened. So we rush outside to find out what's going on with the bat. Mm-hmm. And here's this little black, smoky ball of fire mm-hmm. going towards the street. Mm-hmm. And as we watch it, a van smacks right into the bat. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, so basically, what happens to this poor bat? We douse it with starter fluid, Mm -hmm. then we drown it in starter fluid, then we light it on fire, and then it gets hit by a truck. (laughs) Isn't that horrible? Yeah, it is. (laughs) We'll be getting emails from the ASPCA after this, too. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. I don't care. (laughs) We're going to tell stories, and people should know who they're listening to. Yeah. That's who I am. (laughs) I'm a guy who lights bats on fire and (laughs) likes them to fly away. So... If you uh, if you have a funny story, and I don't, I don't know how funny mine was, it's more kind of cruelty than anything else, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm sorry <laughs> to see two teenage boys screaming from a little four inch high bat that's <laughs> charging after. Yeah. Them. Well, it was it was freaky. I mean, this little <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever heard a a bat that's full of lighter or of a uh, carburetor fluid, mm-hmm. starter fluid, uh, this drowning sensation sound that it makes as it's advancing towards you. It's horrible. I mean, it's something out of a movie. You're like, Aah! I swear, every little hair on the back of my neck went, bing, straight up. I was, burn it, burn it! You know? So, that's what we did. So, that's our show this week. <laughs> Come back next week. We'll find, the, find another animal to torture. Actually, I, I do have another. I, the thing is, I love animals. I do. I know I you love, do. I mean, there's squirrels that live outside my kitchen window. And you feed them, I know. I feed them. They take the food right from my hand. And I think that I like animals as much as I don't hunt at all. Mm-hmm. You hunt, I know that, occasionally. Yeah. Um, I never hunt. It just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I like guns. Not that I want to go shoot anybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't mind going to, like, a practice range and shooting mm-hmm. a gun a couple times. It, it's not that big of a deal for me. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go shooting. It's not that big a deal. Right. And and to hunt and kill and eat something, it's just that's not my thing either. You know, mm-hmm. um, if if a deer was charging me, like, yeah, I'd kill it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But just to go out and hunt, just doesn't. That's just not my thing. And I killed a squirrel years ago uh, mm-hmm. when I was oh maybe ten, eleven years old. That I think because I killed it, now I have to atone for that <laughs> and feed the squirrels around my house <laughs> and befriend them. 
I'm sorry I killed your distant relative. I didn't mean to. And I didn't. But, you know, those things happen. So what are you going to do for the bats then? You know what? I don't like bats. (laughs) So, you know... Actually, uh, there are a lot of bats that live in this area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids and I occasionally will take like an old tube sock, put some rocks or dirt mm-hmm. in it, tie it up, and when it gets real dark, not not completely dark, but so you can still see something in the sky. If you take that out into a yard or a mm-hmm. field, you wind it up and throw it straight up in the air when there's a bat nearby, a bat will actually follow it down real mm-hmm. close to the ground before it veers away. I don't know if it thinks it's prey or mm. I don't I don't think it he thinks it's, they eat mosquitoes around here. Yeah. So he's probably trying to scare away competition. I don't yeah. know. But when I was a kid, we used to do that, and you and you have like four or five people with uh, a sheet, and when the bat got low enough, people would run and try to catch the bat in the sheet, mm-hmm. and, and you could do it. It wasn't too difficult. That's how we do it. We'd throw something up in the air, and the bat would chase mm-hmm. it down, and we'd catch them that way. Um, and chipmunks were pretty easy. You'd get mm-hmm. a jug of water and pour it down the hole, yeah. and it would run up into the jug. jug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a friend of mine named Jimmy... Green had a nice tree fort that uh, we used to play in all the time, and he got a new BB gun, and his dad told us, do not shoot any animals. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's exactly what we tried to do. Yeah. And uh, that's when I killed a squirrel. Mm. And I, I always felt bad. We didn't get busted for it, but I remember anyways. I don't think we did. But mm. um, Boy, I said that was our show, and I keep rambling on, don't I? Yeah. So Got, got anything else? No, I think uh, that just about does it for us. Uh, send any comments to mymacpodcast at gmail.com and we will see you next week. See ya.